HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. All right, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Brenton Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about ostrich and wine and dough. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, banquet. We begin the podcast. Is it episode 16? It's episode 17, actually. No, it isn't. Really? We. We. Really? We. Say. Yes. Welcome to ep two. <laughs> Welcome to, to episode ep two. 17 of Life's Banquet Podcast. Podcast that explores the highs and lows of everything edible, spreadable, and Breton. Horrible. With your host, Breton Scott and... Zara Tangora. Cheers, cheers. Wait a second. Pourable. Speaking of pourable, we're drinking. <laughs> we're drinking in gamay. Yeah, just a light gamay wine. Gamay. It's super gay. Uh, so it is fall. Fall has fallen upon us, Breton. Yep. How do you feel? Well, it's day two, first day of fall. To yesterday was a really nice fall day. It was great. I saw some plaids. I saw. Oh yes, plaid. The was farmers out. market was squash was abound. Although it was very warm in the morning. It was quite warm. Mm -hmm. There was all kinds of squish squashes, pumpkins, uh, eucalyptus was there. Although I lots of peppers, lots of peppers, and still lots of plums and peaches and tomatoes. So now, for those of you that are from the south, <laughs> okay, it's second of <laughs> good all, good for you, good for you. No, but you in the east the coast, War. in the east Losers. coast, I'm very shocked. Near October first, almost mm -hmm. to see plums and peaches. Yeah. It's a little odd. The plums, I'm not surprised about. The peaches are surprising. Plums, you're right. Damson plums can come a little later. Yeah, the Italian plums yeah. are go on into the party. The peaches and nectarines are shocking, but I guess it's this little conspiracy that the Democrats are trying to push on us called global warming. Yeah. The liberal fake news media. I talked to this uh, seafood guy and he said, I said, God, all the stuff's coming so late. He said, yeah. He said, everybody... All the farmers, all the seafood people is like, we're all talking about it. Like the seasons are later and, and warmer and longer. Yeah. And I just said. That's just how it goes. It's totally natural. There's yeah. Nothing, nothing suspect but about I'm that. I'm sure the farmers and people that are actually dealing with the earth have nothing. They don't know what they're talking about. No, they're fools. They're not aware of the of the farmer's almanac or the lunar cycles or the mm -mm. 
I'm the third child of the second of the second moon. Do pick a strawberries. <laughs> They're just a bunch of ding dongs. I'll tell you what. I got bit mid September the other day. A mosquito <laughs> came into my bedroom and bit both my eyelids by a longhorn beetle. <laughs> and I woke up in the morning I by like a fuck, millipede. I looked like fucking Ronnie Dangerfield. The millipedes are the size of those in Central America, here in New York City. I woke up and a millipede was eating my sock. Oh, speaking of socks, lots of wool socks and lots mm-hmm. of wool, lots of stoop sales. Lots of stoop sales. And today, now, here we are in New York City and this gray day cast upon us. I love it. It's mm-hmm. a day that all I want to do is make a vegetable soup. Yes, I did make a warm pot of beans, Mayakoba mm. beans. Uh. So myocoba <laughs> beans, if anybody wants to know the best, this is, this is actually not an okay. opinion, it's a statement. Yeah. It, an exclamatory statement. Please. That based on truth. Myocoba beans do make the best refried beans. You working for Big Myocoba? Mm-hmm. Big Myocoba. Hit's <laughs> uh, cousin is Monsanto, but they changed the name and they, was, the divorce was messy. Tell us about myocoba beans. Myocoba beans are, they call them peruanas. Okay. Peruana beans also. Uh, the the people that make beans. Oh, uh, okay. Bean growers. The giants. The be- Yes, the <laughs> bean giants that know all about global warming, but got they're it. not telling any of us. Got it, got it. They're telling, exactly. Al Gore knows all about it. So listen, so mycoba beans are soft and creamy yellow, and they cook up just like a regular bean. They kind of mm. look, like look like a pinto, but pale yellow. Okay. Same size. Anyway, they're delicious, and... There's just something about them. You got to go in Rancho Gordo, as we've mentioned before. Love Rancho uh, Gordo. Do you love Rancho Gordo beans? Because I do. I love them. I put them on everything. That's right. And if I you use w- them as currency. Go to their website. Tell them we sent you. And they'll do nothing. Yeah. Because we don't Yet. have... Yet. St- yes. But we support them. Uh, love my, them. Yep. California? California. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Beans and greens and yeah. sauces and... I'm pretty curious about... Because I do think that you make the best beans, whatever kind of thing you do with beans, whether it be just like something you put in the slow cooker, if you're making like refried beans, if you have beans for nachos, Breton's beans can't be beat. You know <laughs> and what? I want to know your secret. Can I you tell us? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that is true. You know what Preston said, my my domestic partner and boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, he said, he said, your beans really in the last four years have improved a lot. And I don't know what the... Backhanded compliment. Well, yeah, yeah. They used to be, no, they, he said they used to be really good. He said now they're extra really good. Okay, fine. Uh, he did say that. He said they just kept getting better, which they're I delicious. Thought, it was an, it was a compliment. Okay, I good. don't know. I, I definitely don't overcook them because I usually cook them twice. Oh, unless I'm just making a bean soup. So when I make my refried beans or like a bean stew, okay, I boil them first and then, uh, cool. But them. I like to cut, yeah, I cool them overnight in the refrigerator mm. that does something it must because i have to i gotta tell all you listeners out there anyone who has not been fortunate enough to eat breton's beans breton's beans yep breton's so beans, the other thing is they good. say don't cook them with salt but i do sometimes it says yeah. it makes them tough but interesting i think that was when beans weren't as if you weren't getting from rancho gordo rancho gordo has really i feel like they're fresher yeah they're not sitting who you know when you go to when you get Goya beans at Target yeah. or some random grocery store in that bag that's, you know, a yes. dollar thirty nine for a giant thing. We don't know how long those They've have been, been sitting, sitting around, yeah. yeah. So I think maybe those that's might a, have tougher skin. So start with good beans. Start with good beans. That's yeah. a good that's a good thing. I learned a, a little hack, should we say? Mm. I'm I'm kind of averse to the whole cooking hack terminology. Yeah, like I learned a hack. 
But but um, what's the that? baking soda and the beans. If you well, first of all, obviously soak them overnight. Yep. Or for a couple hours, but a little baking soda or baking powder. I always confuse the two. I think baking, this is a terrible tip. because no, yeah. Something with, something, something with the word listen, baking on it. You put something in them and then you do it. So good luck. If Bye. I didn't mention we are pro kitchen We're cooks also and chefs. Tired and drunk. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, so my secret is when I take them out the next day, if you're listening now and want to make some great beans, uh, I use a little duck fat or some pork fat, which I don't always, I don't always, sometimes yeah, I make them that helps, though. vegan or vegetarian and I find them to be very good. I usually put for aromatics, I change a lot. You know, sometimes I like rosemary and thyme and sometimes mm-hmm. I just like, Sage, sometimes I like and thyme and cheerful. Did you ever hear the B slide? Cheerful, tarragon, oregano, cilantro, and marjoram. It's really good. Remix. So I saute some vegetables and then I put them in a big cast iron pot and I let them cook in the oven again. Yes. For a, for a long time, uncovered at around 275, and it kind of, you know, draws out the moisture. Yeah. You know. Yeah, your beans are really, really good. They're delicious. Olive oil. You know what I like on some beans? This is now a bean cast. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Life's <laughs> Banquet, the beans. We just changed seasonally. The bean cast. Plums are over. <laughs> Wait, nearly talked about plums. <laughs> Screw plums. Oh, but Cam, yeah, this gamay has gone right to my head. What else cooking wise? Oh, Zara, you did a really, <laughs> oh, as if I don't know. Oh, oh, Zara, you did a really nice party that I worked oh, you how with. interesting. We've been, okay, so if you guys have been missing Life's Banquet, we took a little extra to get this episode out because. We were working. We were, and working. Schlepping. Schlepping. A lot of lifting cooking, and a lot prepping, of sweat. Prepping, chopping. A lot of butt sweat. Butt sweat. Di- diapers. Uh, <laughs> di- no, I was going to say Dicing. <laughs> Slicing, slicing, chopping, burning. Yeah, burning, grilling, gas, gas, spilling, burns, laughing, grease on your shoulder, loving. Okay, so drink. Check this out. There is a guy that works for Zara sometimes. In his name, we won't call it, uh, but it rhymes with uh, even. Believe in. <laughs> it's like <laughs> even. Mm-mm. And he told me the other day he will. I won't listen to podcast. He's so he's on, not going to hear this. He's a British guy that is a chef also. and he, Love him. Sorry. And he, they have that, like, they're always going to start. They're like the cats that, like, start licking each other. And then they start attacking each other. <laughs> and then they end up snuggling. That's exactly yeah, right. And then they're, like, on the couch an hour later, like, sleeping together. Like, I love snuggling. I love Steven. But he does get on my last. They, I, Yeah, they both. But he gives you the volleyball he like does it on purpose he does he's like oh this way are and like i don't know i'm getting mad but like oh wait i didn't hear you like and then yep. it goes on and then anyway he takes his hand while well, we're doing a very i'm gonna tell this story please go for he it takes his greasy hand and i his thought his hand had been just recently reached into an oily vat of short ribs that had been marin- marinating yeah, marinating oily short ribs and he reached his hand and zara and i she was almost getting in a fight with him and then didn't, right? Just I was like, oh, look at said. her. I was like, watch. And then he takes his hand, covered in grease, and says, oh, it's okay, Zara. And puts his, in a very bad British accent, and he places his hand on her chef whites right before the wedding event and puts a big paw print of grease on her shoulder. And I thought then, I was actually, I have to say this right now. Please. I was, Zara has been working very hard. <laughs> Self, <laughs> Her self-help <laughs> books were working. She went and took like five breaths and was like, Okay. All right. You know what? 
It's kind of funny, right? <laughs> I I thought long and hard of what to do. I did initially. There's a certain. I was like, put on a black shirt. I have an extra shirt. I have a, you can take mine. Like, <laughs> I just have the shirt off my back. Oh, don't freak out, Zara. Don't freak out. Everybody, remove all the sharp objects. She's near the fire. She's near the hot grease. What is she gonna do? She's going for the. She's going for the long seven-inch machete. Um, oh, she's getting the chainsaw. Yep, she's gonna cut off a finger at a time with a chainsaw. Oh, oh no, it's the- she's going for the axe. So one of the codes of the kitchen is cleanliness. And of course you get messy through service. It happens. Mm. Things <laughs> splash on you. Some people are very neat. I'm not actually particularly neat on my own person. I'm very neat in a kitchen. I always exactly. wipe surfaces down. I'm very neat as a, as a person in my general life. I'm not the neatest on myself. I'll wipe my hands on my apron. However, it's just, you know, there's things about a kitchen that are kind of militaristic. So anyone who out there isn't familiar with kitchens or catering, or just being a chef. Yeah, perhaps you were in the military. (laughs) You don't wipe your dirty hand on your chef. Or on your... It's like the soldier, like, going up to the lieutenant and saying... Yeah. Yeah, wiping the dirt that he, like... The lieutenant! Soldier! Totally. And at this point, you know, there is no restaurant anymore, and everyone, when we work these events together, we're we're just a bunch of buds. Like, I'm in charge, but I don't consider myself the boss, necessarily. But I was going to murder him it came i came so close and then i just you know what you didn't i've been practicing and i've been realizing it's usually not worth it to get your aggression out and i just took a couple deep breaths i said you know i'm not even gonna change this shirt and be passive aggressive i'm gonna leave this thing on we're gonna keep going on with the night you pulled an eric repair when eric repair if you ever there's another podcast where he talks about on mark maron oh yeah mark maron where he talks about how he used to be a horrible french chef that would verbally and practically physically abuse people and Mm -hmm. one day he he closed his eyes with the therapist and tried to imagine a flower and he couldn't because all he saw was blackness. Right. And the very next day, he decided to be nice. Yeah. It's a great story. It's a great story. The old Zara five years ago would have sent like a mail bomb to Stephen's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would have first <laughs> broke his, his pinky. I'd be like, you know, I'm so sorry for breaking your pinky. I just sent you a package of cookies and when you open it, it would have exploded. <laughs> yep. Perfect. <laughs> anyway, but the point is that Stephen is a fucking asshole. I'm just kidding. The point is that Steven is great and everyone is great. And it was actually really nice to get back into that. I love it when the band get back, gets back together mm-hmm. and we all get to like hang out. Cooking. It's just, fun. It's fun at all. It's fun. You know, you get really stressed out. These are long days. They're 13, long days. 14, 12, 13, 14 hour days. Yeah. And for the, for us old kids, it's, it gets to be a long time. It does. But like, you know, there's something about that camaraderie of like being the shit with people that for me like never gets old like not yet at least and no, I, no, I do fun. love it like as much as like I'm happy not to work as a chef in a restaurant all the time yeah I there's do, other opportunities for I miss cooking that. I miss that like growing down well so Zara worked then the following week uh pretty much a few days later yeah, a couple days later a uh, nice little Spanish themed party that was also so fun. And so we were in this really wonderful building. It was in Manhattan and they didn't have any running water, which was fine. We made it work. We totally we made brought, it work. Uh, we brought a deep fryer. Yeah. Deep fryer fried on somebody's office table. Yeah. In like in the gallery. And but it like all worked. I went and I talked. There was two chefs that we were working with and I was cutting Serrano ham in the front and they were deep frying in the back. And I went back at one point to get a croquetta, which were delicious. Thank you. Spicy croquettes. Thanks. Spanish croquettes. And I went and I, and I said, isn't that weird that we're just plug in a thing and can de- put a kitchen wherever these days? <laughs> and then 
uh, Jordan just said, yeah, isn't it funny that tomorrow these people are going to be writing invoices on this desk that we were making <laughs> fried Spanish croquettes? I'm like, that is so... The world is weird. Wonderful. I know. It was a great party and great vibes. And I think, you know, this was a huge work crunch this month. And I initially was like, really like, oh, man, this is going to be crazed. But it's over. And it was so I'm tired, but it was so fun. You're tired, but you get paid for it. And it's part of the job. And and people were chill. You do, there was so many positive comments. And that mm. is the one thing that when you do work the food and you do care and you get good ingredients and you do put great effort and it is stressful sometimes and sometimes you just want to not you just want to cut corners and you can't because that's just not what you do yeah and then at the end of the day people do good people do notice and when they tell you and they and that's why you should tell everybody should by the way everybody should tell people that when you have good food when people are like oh i'm afraid to talk to the kid go be put i yeah. go into the kitchen wherever i am and i'm like i don't they're like, don't go in there i'm like watch this and i swing <laughs> open the door and i'm like hey chefs I love your food. It was the, you know, it was the best I've ever had. Yeah. And you tell people and they kind of look up from there. Like there's always like a tat, a neck tattoo guy that looks up with like one raised eyebrow Someone and he's put, looking at you like, wow. Someone puts their cigarette out yeah, like, in a steak. Who goes there? Who goes there? What does this matey say that we have a nice, uh, do you like my steak? And then he's like, he's like, listen to that. He liked my, yeah. Oh, he liked it. No, but you're right. It is very nice to give positive Those are Irish reinforcement. Pirates, by the way. They're Irish Jamaican pirates. <laughs> but anyway, you're wow. absolutely right. It, is, it feels very good because chefs and cooks and dishwashers and porters and servers and waiters and, and everybody. managers work really hard. So anyone out there who doesn't have restaurant experience, I think someone, a Oh my god, that's a baby. A loud, that's like rude baby. Gay kryptonite. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I love babies. Oh, who doesn't? So. But anyway, anyone out there who isn't maybe worked in restaurants and just needs to know that, like, yeah, complimenting when you have a nice time wherever you are, catering, we're at a restaurant. The, it's great. People the farmer, love it. the farmers market. Hey, nice. Hey, nice eggplant. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fabulous eggplant. Hey, I noticed the girthy of your zucchini are really nice. Oh, that cucumber is bumpy, but I like uh, it. <laughs> speaking of girth and things. Should we get into our topic? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Okay, cool. So when I was at the farmer's market, this is, it all sparked. It Please, sparked. go ahead. And I was getting a bag of something. Yes. And I talked to the weed. guy. I said, hey, do you, yeah, weed. No, <laughs> yeah, it was actually crack cocaine, but I sold it <laughs> for a much higher price. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and no, I was talking to the fishmonger. Okay. And I was gonna get some some squid, and I thought, eh, yeah, let's get some clams instead. Oh. And I said, do you make these? He's like, no. He's like, oh my god. Did I, he make them? Like, if was he like make- God, <laughs> Mother Earth? Hello. Sorry. Do Did you, you make these? Do you harvest? <laughs> harvest the clams. He said, no, but I used to when I was a kid. He's like, my dad used to make me do it, and he said, you just take the rake and you yeah. go through mud. I said, each clam. He said, oh. It's a oh, it's, it's a grueling. thing. And I said I will never complain about fifty cents a clam again. No, absolutely not. It's grueling. I, you know, I'm from Long Island. Uh, obviously, really, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know if you know this, Brett, but I'm from Long Island. But clamming is actually a thing, and people be clamming. My friends be, were clammers when I was growing up. Like summer jobs, everyone was out on the, them clam boats, and it's hard. Clamming. My grandfather was. Uh, my dad used to tell me that my grandpa 
was the cheapest person alive. He was uh, like old school Italian guy, came from like nothing. And so he would like basically anything he could get for free was like for him. So he'd go out and dig up clams. Yeah. I'm not even sure if he knew if they were like okay clams to eat. He would also pick dandelion greens, oh, yeah, yeah. but not like out of like a gorgeous field or something. He would like pick them out of the driveway. Uh, then, like they grow out of the cracks, the and he would like eat them. And we he, should, that's what we should do with purslane next year. Oh, absolutely! Oh, f- freshly decorated with purslane. Like, purslane is the <laughs> the plant that grows between the cracks I of can't asphalt. With purslane. Yeah, I don't like it. It's too it's too sour and slimy for me. It doesn't really do it for me. It's too sour. I used to have it on the menu at, at Bruzy, and I'll have it if somebody makes me a purslane salad. I'm not gonna you know shove it away. The name is really attractive, and I think that's really what gets great people. marketing. Purslane, perfect branding. It's like. The herb rue, like rue and purslane yeah. salad. That would be actually horrible. Very sour and mm-hmm. slimy. It's like not worth it. So do tell me about what you know. Okay. I know a lot about clams. I know. We're just, talking to a real New Englander here. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, very clams happy. Is so, Long Island part of New England? It's right on the, bo- it's on the border. But like or not. Or cusp. But kind of like. Well, we don't talk culturally. For New England. It depends. If you're on the North Shore, where I'm from, if you're on the South Shore, you're definitely not from New England. <laughs> wow. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Talk O'Malley. You're, you're trash. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you. South Shore trash. You're trash. So a little bit about clams. They spend most of their lives partially buried on the ocean floor mm, under sand. Sand. They're, uh, you know, very they're a, bival- they're a bivalve. They're a bivalve. Um, exactly. Because they have two shells of equal size connected by two abductor muscles that have powerful burrowing foot. They have a foot. Yeah. Clams have one singular foot, not two. They have two, one foot, and they three. also have kidneys, a heart, a mouth, a stomach, a nervous system, and ba bum chang and anus. Mm. Well, they got it. Yeah. Well, it I, thought that, I thought that was interesting, though, because I've talked to a bunch of vegans who, all my vegan friends, I haven't talked to any vegans. I've read that yeah, vegans. Yeah, you don't have any vegan friends. I'm like, I talked to a bunch of vegans in, never. I in 2004. Ne- I would never talk to a vegan, <laughs> ever. If I see a vegan, I say, no, thank you. I don't want to talk to you. Just kidding, vegans. You can listen to this podcast. You can, but you're missing life. Vegans will eat oysters because they said, like, they don't have a nervous system, but I guess I didn't really read about oysters, but I would think, like, oysters and clams were the some, same. Some vegans won't have a... Uh, honey. Honey. I mean, some vegans won't eat a grass-fed ribeye. Yeah. Which I think is odd. <laughs> um, it's weird. My vegan friend never eats roast chicken. I know. It's, like, very strange. But it's chicken. It's but white then meat. then you come across those vegans who are like, I'm vegan except, like, I eat bacon. And it's like, go to hell. Yeah. You're just there. in it. You're just in it for, like, the OK Cupid profile or whatever. Mm-hmm. So some clams live about only one year, but there's a lot of clams that actually live like 500 years. Are those the giant clams that we hear about? They are. They are the giant clams. Oh my God. Giant clam. What? Go ahead. No, I just, I picture a giant clam clam, like opening up and you going on the ocean floor. I'd be like, Hey, like, yeah, we're scuba diving. Johnny come in here. And then it's like, (laughs) and then you get like live inside it for years. You know what I think would happen if God forbid you ever got into a plane crash, everyone else on the plane would die except for you. Yeah. And you would like, find yourself in the middle of the ocean and you're like, well, got to make the best of it. And you would dive under the ocean and find like this magical like sea life. And I can picture you like swimming up to a giant clam and yeah. it like befriends you and gives you like a snorkel mask. Like, yeah. like everything's fine It has like oxygen that exactly. goes through like a tiny bubble. Yeah, and then... you would just be under like, ooh, <laughs> what is this? Kind of like the little mermaid. Look at these things. Yeah. Aren't they neat? You found the one pocket of oxygen <laughs> in the entire Pacific. I think it could work for you. So... There's a bunch of different species of clams, obviously. 
the uh, species of clams, Mercinia mercinia, is Mercenia. also called the quahog clam. And there's like quahog, quahog, which is I think that isn't that the place in Family Guy quahog. I think so. I don't. Yeah. Know. I don't know. I don't know much about. So those are the ones that culture. that um like the quintessential kind of like I believe like a little neck clam is that yeah a little yeah exactly yeah. and those. Uh, shells used to be used by the Native American Indians as wampum, as currency. Yeah. And those are the ones also that breed of clam are the ones that get really giant to be the giant clam. Giant clams. And then we have gooey duck clams, which are like have the big giant tongue. tongue, It's like a cow tongue. Penis-y thing. Yeah. Um, We have razor clams. Razor clams, we those long soft shell clams, soft shell clams, which are those are more the Ipswich ones, Ipswich and Essex. Yes, and those are the ones that are. I'll have, I have a little story about Ipswich oh, cool. clams later. Wait, I can't wait to hear it. Um, and then there's also uh, Manila clams, which are the teeny little guys, teeny little babies with like multi-cult. Yeah, those are great. Oh my god, they're delicious. Great and linguine with clams. Great linguine with clams. Funny that you mentioned linguine with clams because I was also reading about clams, which cultures. Using the most obviously in New England, uh, we have a lot of clams, you know, clam chowder, fried clams, big part of kind of like American cooking culture, really big in uh, European cooking culture and like, uh, you know, England and the northern France and southern France. Uh, but then the one thing that I didn't run in uh, Chinese cooking. Of course. And Japanese cooking. Lots of clams. So the world. What I didn't realize about clams where I've never seen it before in America, maybe you've seen it. But in India, a lot of clam curries in Malabar, apparently. You know uh, what? I was on the coast. I was on the Malabar coast yeah. for 10 days, uh, and I had some clams there. And? Lots of seafood. It was delicious. Really? They were delicious. You know, it's funny because we don't have very good Indian food in New York no, City. Also, we only have, we generally have the most, it's mostly northern. It's very, and it's also like very like generic for American palates. It's very hard if you're, especially in in new york city proper if you go to queens and jackson heights you find some more interesting things but well, I, listen, i've never the country is more than two billion people right and it's it, it's quite it's not super massive but it's a very large country with yeah. lots of different people and tons of different cultures and right that would be just saying like america's only hamburgers and you know, yes. there's so many regional cuisines that we don't even know exist right well i'd never really thought of clams being part of indian i know cuisine. i know how to bang lassie and in uh, India, a bang lassie is that it's, um, like a, it's a marijuana milkshake. Okay, perfect. Because that first of all just sounded a little bit like I didn't know where you're where you're going. I'm thinking lassie, bang the collie. Lassie. So clams, yeah. So clams. So I, you know, I have a, a couple other interesting things I wanted to tell you. They have rings on their shell, much like how trees have rings, and you can tell how old they are. I did not know that, and that's how old they can tell they are. Also, something that they find in the rings of the shell of a clam. Is rings in the shell of a clam and the things. Rings in the shell of a clam and the things. The scientists have used clamshells now to determine that what we were talking about before, jokingly, but in all seriousness, uh, is proof about climate change because they can tell which mm. years were what temperatures by how it affects the clamshell. And since they're so old, they they take these like five hundred year old clams and they're able to like determine the fact that like the temperatures have gotten warmer. I'm really glad over that the there's centuries. people that are doing that instead of cooking. It's incredible. <laughs> it's so cool of like all the things you can do with a clam. Um, so anyway, did you say that you wanted to t- talk to us a little bit about? Well, I was thinking I this summer, one of my summer goals, which is 
well, it's officially fall, so yeah. So maybe it could be a fall goal. Yeah, it's a fall goal, or okay. maybe it's a summer twenty. You know, I learned to let things slide over to the next year, mm-hmm. much like a carryover. Roll- yeah, it's like a rollover minute. Perfect. And it's okay. Add it to next month's goals. <laughs> no problem. So Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. So I was thinking about Ipswich clams. Now, okay. those of you, I was relatively. I'm not that new to the East Coast, but I've been here for over you know, 12, 13 years, and. It took, you know, I'm from, from Wisconsin and Wait, there, there are, there are some lake clams there, which are probably the size. A lake a, clam? Yeah. They're the size of a thimble and they probably taste like a, I don't know, like a pebble of sand. Get the hell out of here. Stay. I'm just kidding. Finish the podcast. Stay, so stay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, okay. So I was thinking about it switch clams. Now I had read an article about, uh, the author, David Lita who writes for the New York Times. He also has a blog called Lita's Culinaria. Oh, And cool. it's L-E-I-T-E. He's great. He's, uh, he's wonderful. Not, I wrote him familiar. an email once. He responded. He's great. David, are you listening? Let's talk uh, about clams. Anyway, he wrote an article for the New York Times called In a 64 T-Bird Chasing a Date with a Clam. And he's from Connecticut, I believe. And he just wrote this article about how he went to all these different fried clam Yum. clam shacks and this. And the clam shacks are Ugh. basically the barbecue joint... Perfectly they're, put. Yeah, they're the, the New England. It's like New England's barbecue mm-hmm. in comparison to the South. And I've been to a few, which I do love. So basically, but there's this like who started the fried clam? Yeah. And Ipswich clams are also AKA whole belly clams. So when you get a fried Ipswich clam, they te- I think they're more like a fried oyster. Yeah. They have a really strong seafood flavor. Mm-hmm. They're not for everybody. They're a little juicy. Uh, those are also the ones that we were talking about, known as a soft shell clam clam and they yeah. are very difficult to harvest and apparently there was this you know the story of and i got this from it was called uh nancy nancy hannon jenkins she wrote an article in 2002 about you know trying to find the beginning of a you know where the clams came from okay and there was a it was a, a, a gentleman named chubby woodman chubby oh a guy and he and his wife had potato chips they sold them they were from massachusetts essex massachusetts way up in the north uh, you know, west of Boston, I think. And I actually don't know my geography, but uh, Google it. It's fabulous. <laughs> Google, Somewhere. Google Earth right now. Uh, and anyway, so apparently the story goes, uh, they were there was a bucket of clams. This fisherman comes in and he says, hey, Chubby, why don't you fry them up like the potato chips? Oh. And Chubby's, Chubby goes, yeah, when it was a slow day, he's like, yeah, let's fry some clams up. <gasps> and he fried some clams. And he said he had our, he said Eureka, like this is it. And so amazing. Woodman's, the last name, he and his wife, Bessie, and they're fabulous. And they experimented the next couple of weeks and tried to figure out a, a batter. And they decided that dipping in milk and then a cornmeal mixture. But cornmeal up there back then in Massachusetts, if you, you have to remember that cornmeal is different than if you buy, you know, Quaker cornmeal. Yeah. Uh, there's white cornmeal, there's... He, they actually said that masa arena is probably a better substitute if you want to make this more, at home because it, it's uh, finer. Yeah, it's finer, and then they call it corn flour because mm-hmm. there's all kinds of thickness, so you want to make sure it's not too gritty. Right. Anyway, so apparently they experimented. They fried some clams. They serve it on July Fourth. The oh rest is history. Everybody now has a clam shack, Ugh. and you just have these delicious fried clams. Oh my god, tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. I don't know when that came into the thing, but um, yeah. So they're soft shells. So you, the farmer actually has to go out in these muddy flats, right? And mm-hmm. this area is part of a, the area called the Great Mosh. Now, mm. 
Yes, it's in Massachusetts, the Great Marsh. It encompasses <laughs> an area of approximately 17,000 acres. And apparently there used wow. to be a lot more Ipswich clans. So Ipswich, Essex, and Rowley. Wow. R-O-W-L-E-Y. Those are the main areas. And I actually didn't know this. And guess nowadays, guess who's shucking all those clams? And you, a because, machine. Yeah, no, humans. Humans really? have to do it because you still have to, although they're soft shell clab, soft shell clams. clams. Yeah. Clams. I was thinking Cl- soft shell crabs. Yes. Uh, Cambodians. Cambodian Americans are the. Wow, really? Yeah, the major players. This was, this article that I found was dated a while ago, but I can't imagine that it wouldn't be too different now. Right. Well, I'd, I know the hard shell clams are shocked by uh, machines. Machines. Yeah. I so found I, that out in the next story. I'm going to tell you. Um. Anyway, and I did, <laughs> there is another, there's. So if you read David Leach's article, he goes through and I think he tries 25 or so places and he tells you about his three. Oh my God, I can't wait. Three or five favorite ones. Uh, It was really interesting because I haven't been to any of them, but there's the one in, uh, I think it's in, uh, it's Kennebunkport, Maine. Oh, my favorite name for a city ever. Kennebunkport. Kennebunkport and it's Mrs. Agalakis (gasps) and her father started the clam box. Which wow. I haven't been to yet, so we I gotta would, go. Yeah, I'm gonna try to call Mrs. Agalakis and see if she'll uh, give we gotta go. But, uh, and she's very, very specific about, you know, the apparently the ones that are in the muddy waters are much sweeter, yeah. And then there's smaller ones, and you can actually go and say like, hey, I want these, I want the smaller ones, and I want them a little bit crispier than normal. Sweet, sweet mud. And she's all about like giving you the best clam experience. Oh my God! Please, yeah, can we box. just? Yeah, yeah, we have when to. You get go. back from Spain. We gotta go. Brenton's going exactly. to Spain next week. Well, that is absolutely fascinating. I love a clam shack. I love fried clams. And I feel like I really need to expose myself to a little bit more of that. And I don't think that clam shacks are just for summer. Because another great thing you find in a clam shack other than just fried clams is chowder. Chowder. Look, I think of like the tolling wayfarer, like riding the horse through the fog and coming in on a cold winter's night and be like, I would like a chowder. Yeah, with like one of those perfect, gorgeous, like wool blue petticoats and like a red gin blossomed nose and like... Yes, yes. In a... Oh, and look at a chowder in a bread bowl, please. Yes. Do you have gluten-free bread bowls? Ah, yes. Do you have gluten-free bread bowls? Sorry, I'm just trying off that, like, I'm doing uh, the keto diet. So. <laughs> no potatoes. Thank you. <laughs> so chowder has its roots in the Latin word caldera, which originally meant a place for warming things and later came to mean a cooking pot. The word caldera also gave us the word cauldron. And in French became chauderie. Oh, sh- oh yes, I've heard of that. Like showed, that's showed. Like showed right? because yeah, yeah. showed means hot. Um, I've chode meant something. Oh, that's chode. That's chode. That's a short fat dick. Oh uh, no, saying, no, the chode is the area between the anus. And no, the- no, that's uh, no, no, that's a taint. Okay, I guess in Wisconsin, I guess the regional, I guess our colloquialism is different. Chode has always meant a short fat penis. Like if you find someone who's no, that's a called a coke can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, continue. Okay, so anyway, um, and then <laughs> I'm lost. Okay, so then it also is thought to come from the old English word jowder, which was a fish peddler, J-O-W-T-E-R. Jowder. Jowder. So um, early uh, early uh, Europeans, they had it being made in like Cornwall and across the English Channel yes, in yes. France um, from basically, you know, throwing a bunch of fish and seawater and a cauldron and then what I uh, learned initially is that it was thickened with old biscuits ship's oh, biscuits yes so it wasn't just like you know who started roux 
you know, it was a thing yeah, with throw, biscuits. Throw the dried up. Like exactly. Sea, sea dried. Throw everything disgusting in there. Um, so I have the earliest recipe that I can find uh, from the year 1751 in print for chowder from the Boston Evening Post. Here goes. First, lay some onions to keep the pork from burning Ouch. because the chowder, spelled C-H-O-U-D-E-R, there cannot be turning. turning. Breton, you want to take it from here? Then lay some pork in slices very thin. Thus, you and chowder lovers must be keen. Next, lay some fish cut crossways very nice. Then season with pepper, salt, and spice. Parsley, sweet marjoram, savory and thyme. I told you the B-side was coming. Then biscuit next, which must be soaked sometime. That's not fair. You can't rhyme time and time. Go I ahead. know. Thus, your for foundation laid, you will be able to raise a chowder. High as Tower of Babel. I think it was... Babel. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> you will be able to ride. Uh, you're okay. For by repeating uh, the same again, you make us such a chowder for a thousand mean. Last a bottle of claret with water, Eno, to smooth them. You'll have a mess with some call omnium gatherum. It gets ah, weird. It yes, gets, poetry was so fascinating. It gets very it. weird back then. So, anyway, chowder, we all know it. We love it. We hate it. I love it. If you're a vegan, it's Manhattan not for you. chowder, get out of here. I don't know. I, I've already discussed this. I like Manhattan chowder. Okay. And when you mix it with the white, it's Long Island chowder. Long Island chowder. Long we Island chowder. This, yeah. We have to make it. So I want to tell you a story today about clam chowder. So on Life's Banquet, we try to talk about the highs and lows. Mm -hmm. I think going forward, we're going to try a format maybe where we tell a story that's high and low in the same episode. But at least this episode we're going to. We'll see how it works. Please give us your feedback. Show at gmail.com. That's right. Um, I want to tell you a story that I found a low about clams and clam chowder. Um, it was about the famous James Cameron film, the most expensive movie ever made, starring yours truly, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. More expensive than Big Trouble in Little China? Yes, more expensive wow. than The Room. Um, the <laughs> film Titanic, the uh, year yes. 1997. Picture it, 1997. <laughs> Hip-hop was in full swing. <laughs> <laughs> there was a thing called the internet, but people thought it was a... It was just a place for pets.com. They're like, internet? Like, uh, what does that do? AOL Messenger? What about the Oregon Trail? Will we play that? Um, so while filming the film Titanic on location in Halifax, Nova Scotia... Um, great, great town. Leo and Kate, not on set. Who was on set? A little old guy named Bill Paxton. Mm. And Jim Cameron himself. So... Anyway, they're filming, they're wrapping up, they're on location. It's about like 100 crew members. They're about to go to Mexico the next day. Before they leave, they uh, the catering company makes a giant spread, all kinds of like lovely, luxurious local seafood. Oh my God, that would be us. I know. And the centerpiece, a bubbling hot pot, miles wide of clam chowder. The largest rondo in the history of the, rondos. The biggest. People. By the way, rondo is a large pot. A large pot. A cauldron. People are going back for seconds and thirds. thirds this fourth, chowder. Fifth, six, seven, They're eight shoving it in their pockets. They're drinking it. <laughs> they're filling up gallon. Yeah. Can I have a to-go bread bowl? So anyway, <laughs> about 30 minutes after this chowder fest uh, uh, wraps up, people start feeling really weird. Uh-oh, this is not our Really, really company. crazy. No. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> people start feeling really crazed and strange. Um, Jim Cameron and Bill Paxton look at each other and they're like, should we like be concerned? Do we think it's maybe a norovirus? James Cameron goes to his room, starts making himself throw up. 
yeah. all of a sudden everyone realizes it's a bad clam. they're tripping out because okay what they're tripping out so everyone goes and it starts happening in like different as it's been explained oh my God, i got they all had, my they I, had a clam ayahuasca experience basically a clam I'm, ayahuasca i got all my information from this by the way from uh vanity fair and vice who did an art, uh, amazing article about this. It's and really we're reviving it and making it alive. And it's coming to life. So they all go to the hospital. They get tests, right? Turns out someone laced this clam chatter with PCP. Mother. Mother. P- per- mother of pearls. Mother of a pearl. Clam pearls. PCP. So at the hospital, hilarity, drama, comedy, freaking out, all kinds crying. of different experiences. I laughed, crying. I cried. I, I, I had a, <laughs> I laughed it, much like the movie Titanic. So at some point, James Cameron gets stabbed in the face with a pen. <laughs> by this an, isn't. By another person. Doesn't care because he's so high on PCP. Bill Paxton decides that he's going to ride this out alone as the true fucking gangster that he is, RIP. And he gets a 12 pack and goes back to the hotel by himself and gets drunk to ride out the trip by himself. That He's totally, like, Jim, that's totally I'm something. Out of here. That's something I would do. But like, get out! I was like, you must stay in the hospital. We're like, I need a pen, a paper, and a twelve pack of Negro Modelo. But first, I have to stay. I have to stab James Cameron in the <laughs> face. Sorry, your cheek looked puffy. I thought it was a zit. <laughs> so anyway, James Cameron is stabbed in the face. Doesn't care. Has a pen hanging out of it. Bill Paxton has left the building, and he's gonna go home and just hang up by himself. There is a conga line and wheelchair races that start happening throughout the hospital. No one will stay in their rooms that they've put them in because everyone is tripping on PCP. This is the Titanic (laughs) B-side? Yes. Um, So anyway, everyone's going insane. Uh, Eventually, they all like drink charcoal. They're like fine. They start to come down and they have to then eat food from the same catering company again and film all night long. Again, because it was the last night of filming and they missed their filming because they're all chipping on PCP. So the cinematographer, Susie Amos, who is now James Cameron's wife, didn't eat the chowder. And to this day, James Cameron, like, I guess, thinks it was her. Still is like kind that of an inside it. joke. Be like, remember that time you tried to sabotage me? It probably was yeah, her. Well, I've heard he's an don't asshole. Don't worry. Apparently Titanic did very well in the I've box heard, office. I've heard good things. So they still don't know who it was. They fired the catering company, but they think that, oh, that they don't think it was be, the catering. That would be me. Be like, I didn't do <laughs> it. wasn't me. Be like, Breton like, did I did it. have PCP, but I didn't put it in the clam they chowder. Like, that was something that I'd get in trouble for. Like, totally. no, I really didn't do it, but like, it just all gets down to Breton. <laughs> be like, he's the fuck who, up trunk. Who could it be? And yeah. it's just like you. He's like, like Mrs. Peacock. Mrs. Peacock did it. <laughs> anyway, they think it was a guy that was like fighting with the catering company oh. before. And he like did it. But that is kind of like the most amazing thing I've ever heard about. Well, at least he didn't PCP, just clam them. chowder, movies, anything. But it really has everything in it. Wow. Isn't that, that an amazing story? That is a very, story? that's a, that's a very insider info. This it's is like incredible. VH1 pop-ups gone behind viral. Music. Yeah, behind, yeah. Um, and then my high story that I wanted to tell was about pearls. Uh, now we all love a pearl. I love a pearl necklace. You know in the gay world when they call her, when they say, oh, she's a pearl clutcher girl. What, what that it? means is like, you know, the my grandmother was kind of a pearl clutcher, kind of that think of that neurotic housewife that kind of always walks around oh, like my clutching. grandmother was a pearl clutcher like oh, oh like oh was the chicken over roasted oh and like, yeah like, oh my where's my scotch and soda like oh the pearls the uh-huh. pearl. and i remember i used to kind of be like that when i was 20 when i was 25 and i used to work at the ritz carlton and all the waiters they were all these like old 60 year old gay guys like oh oh listen mirror we got a pearl clutcher here and i'd be like what <laughs> they're like you're always 
I would always get in the weeds and clutch my fake pearls. <laughs> like I'd like grab my shirt. I'm like, like Tom oh, Cruise in that like, first scene in Cocktail when he bartends and he's yeah. like, ah! oh, oh no, oh, I have to put the poise down, but I didn't put the tiny applause spoons. Oh, like. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a cheese. Insider's oh, joke. That's funny. So I always thought the pearls just came from oysters. But they don't. They can come from any mollusk. They can come from scallops. They can come from mm, mussels. Good to know. They can come from clams. And the ones that come from the... Um, the I'm glad you didn't say scallop. Why would I say scallop? Because certain people say scallop. What kind of people do that? Like scallop as if it were S-K... Like S-K-A-L-L-O-P? Yeah, scallop. No, like I, say squ- I say scallop. 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 Anyway, go ahead. So, okay. So anyway, you can find it in a scallop or a scallop. You can find it in any kind of mollusk. But the ones that come from the quahog clams are actually the most valuable pearls. They're even more valuable than the ones found in oysters. But they only come from the quahog ones. They don't come from natural clams. And they have a purple hue to them. And different clams that are found, uh, different pearls that are found in different mollusks have different hues. So the ones that come from clams are purple and they're very, very valuable. And that's really cool. It's pretty, it is pretty cool. So most people think that a pearl comes from a little bit of sand that gets, that's like the old rumor. Yeah, that's what I always thought. But it's not true. It's a complete lie. Clams form pearls because of their shells. A clam shell has two half shells joined by a hinge. Uh, the shell holds the clam's soft yes. body, a small foot, a gland, and gills. As we talked yes, about. And clams feed continually, opening and closing their shell, and that's when they get like different irritants in there. Um, whenever the shell opens, and irritants serve as the basis for a pearl to form. Ooh, so we got to be giving our clams some bourbon. Exactly, they like, want things that are going to bother them. So when an irritant, like a so piece they need of to shell, eat gluten. Okay. Well, yeah, they need something that bothers them. So a piece of shell, a parasite, or another particle. It can't be sand because if you think of it as sand, there would be bajillion. Okay. The whole ocean would be full of pearls, and then they'd no longer be valuable. Exactly. So the reaction causes the clam to secrete multiple layers of calcium carbonate type substance, which coats the irritant, and that's why you get a pearl. Well, isn't that incredible? Well, color me, color me blind, Batman. I didn't know that. Color me pearls. Color me pearls. One such pearl was found in the year 2009. An off-duty police officer was having a clam chowder. Mike Sabrino. Mike Sabrino. It was his birthday dinner. He orders chowder. He gets like a he gets a half dozen Ipswich fried clams side of chowder. He bites into a giant pearl. Oh God! So it doesn't break his tooth. He never God thought it was him. anything. Gives it to his daughter. She puts it in a jewelry box. A couple months later, a couple of years later, they're watching TV and they see a story about a Virginia Beach woman who found a quahog pearl and allegedly is worth a few thousand dollars. They bring it to a neighbor who happens to know about these kind of things. She says, oh, you know, it happens all the time. They're really valueless. It's no big deal. They get it appraised. Yada, yada, yada. Sells to a Japanese businessman for $16,500. How about that? Puts his daughter through college. There you go. At the community college. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she gets to go to one class one she time. She got to one class. Yeah. She got the, she did the online class at Yale. It's fabulous. Exactly. She's but now working. She's a course she's one of our, She's one of our uh, cater, cater waiters. <laughs> wow. Isn't that incredible? Clams. You know Clams. what's so funny? Let me tell you something. Please. And then, you know, we're going to start. To, we're going to move on with our favorites of and such. But clams, when I think about people that get sushi or people that aren't from the East Coast or mm. from coasts mm-hmm. is that people have this thing about clams. 
Like, yeah. oh, they're dirty. They're chewy. They're chewy. They're dirty. They're smelly. They're smelly. They're and they're rude. I'll tell you, yeah, they're rude. <laughs> they talk. They just like always talk about themselves. They're narcissists. Narcissists. Serial killers. It's yeah, nonstop. <laughs> Go you you name it, a clam's done it. Uh, like oh god they don't shut up like a clam like shut them up like a clam clam it up clam <laughs> like oh they smell like a clam oh my god have you seen my clam oh my god he fucks like a clam fucks <laughs> anyway none of those things have ever been said but they are now in bushwick so the thing about clams is that they are they're my favorite me too i love them and razor clams are delicious i mean uh and people get, now there's a lot of different kinds of clams. And I think that's where people get a little confused when you say like cherry stone, mm-hmm. manila, Ipswich, whole belly, little you know, neck, like little neck. Oh, there's mm-hmm. all these things. And I, I found, I still find myself confused. I do too. Yeah. And, uh, but basically, you know, a clam is not a clam. It's not a clam. It's not a clam. No, not uh, all clams are created equally. No. Should we tell, talk about our top three? Yeah. So top three this week. How about what is your three favorite clam dishes? I'll tell you this right now. Number one, or I'll save number one for last. Yeah, start with number three. Uh, okay, number three is Clams Casino. Love. Okay, because that's classic and the Love. name. What is Clams Casino? Clams Casino apparently was, uh, I don't know, it was, they said it was invented potentially at the, I think it was a hotel called Casino Hotel somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, I read I about no this. It was like, yeah, it was like some little hotel somewhere. I don't know. It was in Massachusetts or Rhode Island, somewhere in the East Coast. And this woman wanted some clams dish. And it's basically baked. They're baked clams. Mm-hmm. And then you take the clams out, right? Or you put breadcrumbs and bake. You can do and- it a different way. Sometimes you could take the clams out, chop everything up. I just, my mom and I do it with just like breadcrumbs, bacon on top, butter, parsley, lemon, garlic. Yeah. I think the basic thing is you take you breadcrumbs and, you bake and bacon. Yeah. And then anything could, else is up to the imagination. Some tomatoes and peppers, exactly. whatever. But like you want the breadcrumbs, you want the bacon. The bacon must salty. be there. Yep. Yes. And then you want to bake those. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they're serving little dishes and they're, and they're great. Clams casino. Fun. Uh, Perfect. Clams are great. Okay. My number two, and this is a toss up between number one is linguine with clams. Uh, a la vongole. La yeah, vongole. Vongole. Like, oh, you got a cream sauce instead of white sauce. Like, I don't know. It's just a sauce. It's just butter. Butter. But listen, you can take... Mounted butter sauce. Mounted butter. You look whisk that butter sauce like once you cook the clams and you can... You could add some cream, but I mean, butter is cream when you think about it. Yeah. And then my number one... Wait, I have a question. I need to ask you a little bit more about the linguine vongole. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I have a personal preference for this. Okay. It doesn't look as good. I like linguine vongole with clam with white clam sauce or red clam sauce, no shell. Because I don't like to dip my fingers into the hot pasta. I like always taking the clams out of the shell, chopping them, mixing them in. What do you think? I agree. I think if you're going to Instagram it, you want the shell. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to Instagram it. I mean, this is something we have to talk about as cooks now. I know. It's, it's weird. It's kind of weird, but like it's something to think about. Yeah. It, whatever. Uh, and also when you present it too, like do you want to have... I like to put it in. Some people say the flavor's better. I give it a hard no. You know what? Zara gives a hard no. I give it a like, I would probably keep the shells in. Yeah, I don't do it. You know what I will do? I'll make the pasta with like chopped up clams. What if we put some And then you put a couple on top. That's exactly. I'll do that for show. Compromise. See, turns out we're... Exactly. (laughs) Everybody's living a good life. Uh, And then number one, of course, I can't deny this, but a clam pie. And by clam pie... That's what I was going to say. I know. I know you were going to say it. Oh, wait. Maybe we're not saying the same thing. I was saying clam pizza. pizza. 
Oh, yeah. That's not what I was going to say. But You're go ahead. Actually, okay. So go ahead. No, no. Free. Please. I want to hear about clam pie, though. Clam pizza pie. Well, I just, you know, I recently went to the Frank Pepe's, mm-hmm. right? And there's never that, been. It's where Yale is in, in, um, in, what's the city? New Haven, Connecticut. New ha- thank you. I was like, New Haven. I was like, I kept saying New Haven, Connecticut. And they have lots of locations now, but it's a famous pizzeria and they have, this, they're known for the clam pie. Mm. My other favorite one that, that used to have was Franny's, the old Loved. Franny's restaurant in Brooklyn. Love Franny's And I pie. have the recipe, which I'm going to tell you in a second, but I want to hear your, your three first. Okay. My top three, I actually, my number three is clam pie, but a different kind of clam pie, which is like an actual pie that's baked in a pie crust with clams. It's, it's like, like chick, the chicken pot, the clam exactly. pie, chicken pot pies. But it's like thicker than that. It doesn't like, you know, whereas chicken pot pie usually is more saucy and you could even eat it with a spoon yeah yeah clam pie is more it's like thick it's like cuts into a slice i need to find out more about it's this. amazing it's like clams and like leeks you can put potatoes in it huh. as All like right. heft it's delicious and then that's that comes, your number one no my number three. Oh, number three good number two um my number two is probably clams on the half shell yeah i mean that's just clean simple. and simple clams on the half shell simple um and then my number one, I mean, you said spaghetti with clam sauce. That probably is my favorite. But since we've already discussed it, clam chowder. I, I mean. I love clam chowder. I feel like clam chowder is just, it has its and own like category. Like a clam roll, like a fried clam roll on like something a hot dog bun. Something we list a hundred things that are our favorite. <laughs> like, love, oh, but like. <laughs> I love that too. Um, but no, I think I'd probably go like clam pie, fresh clams, really nice clams on the half shell and clam chowder. Clam chowder. Love a clam what's chowder. A, okay, hold on. Here we go. What's your what's your secret to your clam chowder? Or not doesn't well, have to be a secret. I, I actually used to have a secret, which I've mentioned on the podcast, was uh instead of thickening it with the roux, I would put lard bread in it, salami bread, and blend it up because it has like lard bread is from the fit we've talked about this before in the podcast, but yeah. that's okay if you're just tuning in now. Uh what is it? Mazzola's uh, or Mazzola's or Caputo's. They make it a, you know, sometimes it's called salami bread, prosciutto bread. Um, it's basically just like a lot of black pepper and some like pe- a lot of pecorino and parmigiano fold and, into a loaf and of bread salami. And bake. Yeah, so that's kind of my secret. My if I don't use that, that's not something I do all the time. If I was just going to make it at home, I wouldn't do that. But it is a fun trick. Um, I guess just it's t- almost like you're taking the original and you're thickening it with the biscuits. Like exactly. Oh, that's fun. It yeah, is cool. Yeah. But to keep it really simple, you know, to use like really nice celery, some heavy potatoes, cream, potatoes, yeah. cream at the end, but not do you like put bacon too in much. It? Absolutely. Yeah, you have to. Absolutely bacon. I yes. forgot to tell you that when you fry the secret to the frying the clams, when yeah. I was talking about that story earlier, yeah, was yeah. that they had to be fried in lard. Mm. And that was one of yes. the things that they were fried in lard. That's amazing. That sounds delicious okay well and then for our um chef recommends this week i thought we could talk about anything but one thing i do want to ask you breton can i ask you a question mm-hmm. breton, yeah. do breton. i have a, do i have a choice <laughs> no you must answer right. under penalty of death <laughs> um i wanted to ask you and you can ask me something else but i wanted to ask you what are some tricks that you have of like secret sneaky things you can use clam juice for okay I was about to tell you the recipe, but this is a thing that I knew because I used to work at Franny's. And okay. I know personally the, re- well, I don't know the recipe for sure, but there's a cookbook, so it's you can buy it. Yeah. But here's what I decided after much uh, experimentation is you take the clam juice. Okay. Right? And you can make your, you can buy clams in a, in a they sell them at Trader Joe's and you can buy them and there's juice with it. Oh, really? Don't throw the juice away. No, Keep the, juice. the juice. That's the gold. The juice that's is loose. The juice, the, the liquor, the clam liquor. That's the that's the the nectar of the gods. Yeah, it is. So 
the you take the clam juice and you add and you cook it down, right? Mm-hmm. You, not with the clams, you cook it separately. And if you if you steam some clams, and I always throw with some white wine. You can throw beer in there. Yeah, I mean you could throw water, but why not? You know, throw some white wine. Yeah, uh, nice dry white wine, and you take that juice, that clam liquor. And you cook it down, you cook it down over medium heat in your pan, you reduce it, reduce it, and then you add some heavy cream, mm. and I put a little vermouth. Perfect. And you add vermouth, sherry, Ugh. and you just add, and then you reduce that cream. And remember, do you remember when I did that last time? Yeah. And I like, it was unbelievable. It was too good that I froze, I was like, I don't want to, like, I want to I freeze know. this. It was then, so good. I have a habit of like thinking something's too good, and then I put it in the freezer, and then six months later, I'm like, oh, I gotta throw it out. And I'm like... <laughs> and just use it when you I have know. it. So that's that's the major thing. Okay. Oh, throw it in a Bloody Mary. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, Clamato. Throwing it in a Bloody Mary is great. And I I always keep like clam juice like in the freezer. Like I don't have it at any <laughs> given moment. I, I always have. I, you open up my freezer. It's just like there's like a severed hand and like 10 quarts of clam juice. What's this all about? No, nothing. The clam juice, nothing. It's a lamb head, a severed hand, and <laughs> a 10 quarts of clam juice. You never know. <laughs> Who knows when you need any of that stuff? When the queen comes over, you have to be prepared. Exactly. Well, there's a couple things. What that if I can... Trump comes into your apartment? Yeah. Well, then that's where the hand comes in. Sorry. That's our other podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> the other <laughs> Moving podcast. Moving forward. What to do if Trump accidentally comes over. Um... One thing that I love using clam juice for is like unexpected things. Um, like instead of boiling potatoes in water, mm. like boil them in clam juice. New England chicken stock. Really delicious. And then you can do like you could just just have potatoes and like make them a little bit brothy. Put some like olive oil on there. Oh, yeah. And you got a stew going um, or rice. Yeah. Also really, really great. Uh, or any kind of, you know, a, with pasta, if you're really going to make pasta the right way and you're going to do like a mounted butter sauce, it's usually always going to come with a little pat of butter and then you're going to use some water or some kind of liquid stock, something like that. So, you know, think about instead of just like using water or stock, like chicken stock or vegetable stock, next time you're going to do like a pasta and you're going to mount your sauce. I'll tell you this, broth. Google Boer and Boer. Yes, Google Boer. Boer Monte. Boer Monte. Boer Monte. Bel- which means Monte. bounce of butter. Go on YouTube. There's some videos. We should have our own videos. We will. Branding, marketing, sex thing. <laughs> All right. Gotta Se- go. Sex by... Edit. Edit it. Don't sex, kidding. Sexting. Don't kidding. <laughs> Napster, Papster, Blaster. <laughs> Napster, Friendster, Pets.com. Um, what about you? Do you have a question for me about clams? Well... Ask away. <laughs> yeah, I do have a question. Okay, good. When, since you're from the East Coast, if, let's say, I say, oh, sorry, I want to make some... Lingoon with clams, and I went to the I went to Whole Foods, yeah. and they had cherry stones and manilas. What's the difference, and when should I use what for what? Perf. Love answering questions like this. Yeah. So, if you want to make ling- <laughs> so. perfect, shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. here's, anyway. here's the answer. And welcome to me. So, <laughs> Manila clams would be a situation where I would steam them. I'm gonna give you a recipe for what I would do. I would steam them. I take them out of the shell. You have the clam broth. You strain the clam broth so mm-hmm. you don't get sand. And then you have these nice little beautiful, perfect, plump, mini manila clams. You throw them in at the last minute to heat everything up. You pick up your sauce. You mount your sauce with your clam stock. It's delicious. Um, if I had cherry stone clams or even little necks, I would steam them. I would take them out of the shell, do exactly the same method. And they're a little bit bigger, right? They're bigger. And I, they come in different sizes. And they're tougher. A tougher. cherry stone is big, you know? So also with a baked clam, I would do the exact same thing. I would steam it. i take it out of the shell and i chop it up. Okay. And then... Go instead of having it whole. And when you get that big chop, like, you know, you go to your favorite like Italian place and it has like the sauce with all the clams, it's all chopped up. You know, that's usually what they're doing. They're, they're bigger clams. They're cherry stones. 
All right. Well, now we but know. I love that. I really like that. You know, you can either chop it or like sometimes you just really like we used to like grind it um, really hard. Sometimes we would take it and grind it up and add it and make like a seafood sausage or a seafood bolognese, which is grind also it, fun. Chop it, whip it. <laughs> whip it. Whip it. Spike it. Boil it. <laughs> put it. Put it in a can. Put it in a drink. Make a clam All right. Well, clam that. So, yeah, chef recommends doing that. And chef recommends, oh, also how to tell when you get a bad clam. Because I think clams can be fear. People can have a lot of fear. We can get real sick. You can get really, really, really sick. You can also get sick from from spinach. Absolutely. Just so everybody knows. 100%. Um, but how to know when a clam isn't good. Listen, clams breathe, so they will open up. So not every clam that you have that's open is a bad clam. All you have to do is squish its little two halves of shell back together, and if it doesn't stay shut, then it's a bad clam. Oh, the old, like... If you smell it and it smells like the, you know, depths of despair, it's a bad clam. If the shell's broken, it's a bad clam. Listen to your body when it says, oh my God, that kind of smells like a combination of garbage, poop, yeah, and rotting brains. Then it's bad. Bad. Um, and, you know. And that 50 cent clam is not it's worth, not worth the, the you toilet can, visits the n- next day. Not at all. No. So that's The like, amount of toilet paper that you go through is, it's, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I use a portable. Or corn cobs. Yeah. like. I, I switched to corn cobs since our last bidet, episode. So don't worry about it. <laughs> That's the worst thing I can imagine. It's a just portable like a, bidet? Is, I'm just picturing like a backpack that like turns into like an ass washing no, station. Like a, it's like um, <laughs> a, a water bottle. Oh, perfect. They're trend, They're going to be trending in 2021. What about corn cobs? Uh, I just find them to be... Too scratchy? <laughs> Too invasive? <No. laughs> uh, bulky. Oh, you know, it's like almost... I'm picturing like a corn cob bidet being like, you know, the glass washing thing that you have at a bar? And you stick the glass on it and it washes the inside. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so visualize. Life's a banquet. The rest is just details. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, so, did you have fun? Yeah. Go ahead, email us, please. We loved your emails last week. We did. Uh, nobody asked a question, a cooking question, so please email us and yeah. we'll, we'll answer any questions next week. Uh, life's a banquet show at gmail.com and Instagram life's a banquet podcast. Mm-hmm. And also visit our Patreon page, which is there's a link in our bio on our Instagram for Patreon. Uh, if this all sounds Greek to you, don't worry. It sounds Greek to us. We're in our thirties and forties, but we're trying to stay hip and current, but we also really need your support to keep mm-hmm. the show getting better. Um, if you feel like you're finding yourself bored or annoyed, it's because we don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> or potentially, uh, you know, I need young blood that I could do a blood transfusion with. Apparently that's a thing. Oh in yeah. Wall Street. Yeah, exactly. Please visit our Patreon page. So Bretton and I can each get a blood transfusion every morning from young hot millennials. <laughs> Perfect. And then we'll be great. We'll be way funnier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Glenn cheers. Bread bowls. Oh, cheers. Don't oh, wait, forget. Hang on. Cheers. Enjoy fall. Get your quinces roasted. Yeah. And your allspice. Zara, when I walked in, and this is our final note, do yourself a favor and put a, bo- a, a bottle. Yes, We're that's drunk. true. Open a bottle and <laughs> put a pot of some lemons, some apples, and some cinnamon sticks, and yeah. allspice, and cloves, and then just boil it. Boil it on the stove. And people will think, that well not who cares what people think you'll think it makes your house smell really nice yeah i walked in I, I felt an instant sense of home it's great well for me like i've been cooking a lot at home for like projects lots for work. of garlic and meatballs and it stinks you know and then like you walk in your house like smells weird and it's like so uninviting i used to cook a lot of fried food yeah and it, that's the smell after like while you're cooking you're like mm, french yeah. fries but 
It's really lame. And like, so just, you know, I was thinking a bunch of things you could do. Also picture your house. Like it's a big refrigerator. I also put out things of, um, baking soda. It's a big to refrigerator. Absorb. Yeah. <laughs> Except that it doesn't coffee. Except, yeah. Except that if you leave meat out in your house, it goes bad. So oh, is that re- really? Cause I've had like some, uh, clams just sitting out for like four days and I've been wondering why there's so many buzzards. Oh, I thought window. that was the PCP. <laughs> no wonder I feel whacked. <laughs> Guys, we love you. We love you too. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. We had a record-breaking download we last did. week. Corn. Thank you. Yeah, who would have thought who freaking corn? freaking knew corn? People thought... Guys, we did an episode on food and sex. Everyone was like, Bleh. You put the word masturbation in a title That's and people true. are like, oh, 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 what? Please write in if anybody masturbated to the episode. <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> Edit. Send pictures. <laughs> Bye. Hasta la pasta. All of our episodes are recorded right here at Studio 54 at the heart of Fort Fort Green, Green, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Our rock star award-winning sound editor and producer is Christine Farrell. I'm Zara Tangora. And I'm Bretton Scott. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 